everyone, it's Leanne from the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society and welcome to Think Bike, a podcast about all things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness in Alberta. We like to talk about everything motorcycle related and bring you great guests to share their stories. And thank you for tuning in. On today's podcast, we are bringing back our dear friend, Chris Bulger from TNT Motorcycling and and we are going to talk about training, not in the normal sense of what kind of training should you do, but more so the changes in a rider because they have had training. And welcome back, Chris. Hey, how you doing? Long time no talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talk a few times throughout the year anyway, and I'm long overdue for a visit to the site, and, and yes. uh, we will get that done. How long have you been an instructor? Let's remind people on that. Um, I've been an instructor since 96. So 1996, and uh, TNT's been around since 99. That is a long time. That's a long time now. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it, it is kind of weird. It's been, it's been, we're going to have some milestone anniversaries. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you yourself, it's not a matter of um, you go out and get licensed as an instructor and start your school and get these other licensed instructors in. You are a continuous learning guy. What yeah. kind of courses have you taken and how often do you go? Um, I've taken a lot. I've taken a lot of courses and it's hard and it's hard to, it's hard to find, right. And it's hard to find, um, something that works for, for, you know, street riding really, you know, I mean, you can go take a, a race course, but does that really help me on the road? I don't know. Right. But I've taken a lot around. So most of my courses I've focused on had something to do with um, how some country is training or doing something and how I can bring that back to here in North America. Um, so I've taken, you know, I've taken street work uh, courses in the U.S. with a company called Staying Safe that basically taught you how to talk and ride and, and teach what in the flow I took an advanced, it was a diploma actually for a motorcycle advanced instructor in the UK. Um, that basically, that was over a week long that focused on, um, you know, kind of the same as the US one, but a little bit more different because they had better roads and and, uh, and their whole system is a little different with the, um, with just how they teach over there for that end of it. I've taken, uh, like I'm a BMW off-road instructor. I've taken total control, which is like a parking lot type advanced rider for lean angles and dragging your knees, that kind of stuff. If you wanted to do that. Um, yeah, I took a, a motor officer course, right. in the U S which was run by LAPD, not them officially, but through some of their uh, main, um, instructors. That one was probably one that, you know, I think to myself that was that was just more about balance, right? Like just balance and control over a brake throttle clutch, and yeah, I can do I can do everything that that was probably the easiest course I ever took because I'm I'm pretty good at that stuff and I teach it a lot and I teach my basic students and I'm not saying that was that was the easiest course meaning it's just that I I really felt anybody who came out of the skills of our course or their new rider course with slow speed control could have easily done those exercises. Awesome. Right. So you've really traveled everywhere to kind of continually work on your skills. Yeah. 
Yeah. Both, both as a writer and an instructor. Yeah. And as an instructor and, and it's, and one thing, um, one thing that really hit home for me when I was doing the total control stuff, Lee parks out of the U S is just this concept of staying open-minded, right? Just stay open-minded. And I came from, before I taught TNT, I came back from, uh, like a rehab, um, kind of background working with people with developmental disabilities and communication issues. So TNT already had that part. So when I go someplace, like, like I said, that motor officer course, right. I wasn't having any struggle. So what I focused on, cause nobody wants to be a bad student is I just worked on my skills. Plus I just kind of focused on like, how are the instructors and how are the people in line and how the students doing? Cause now you're not instructing. You can really feel the, you can just feel the mood of the course, right? But um, it's it's interesting because if you're a teacher and you do this stuff, it's hard not to teach. So in that particular course, I started teaching in the line because I didn't feel like the instructor was helping the students. So uh, these, this one guy said to me, he goes, he goes, oh, I have to go behind you. You're always doing no problem. I'm like, well, I've been watching you. And I, hey, why don't you try this or try that, right? Just trying to be nice. And then... Yeah, that kind of backfired on me a little bit. But. I, I had a similar situation with that where I went to one of the amnesty testing for the noise bylaw in the city of Edmonton. And I all of a sudden had to start teaching the officers, learning how to run the test, how to do the test. And I got kicked off the lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't that bad there. I mean, I was luckily the school I was I was there. They, you know, they were aware of me before I got there anyway. So who I was. And they were quite nervous and you know the main instructor kind of mentioned it to me i said don't worry about us i'm, I'm just here to learn I'm, i really am I'm here to learn everybody um and when the problem was people would start studying up with like what was the best thing of the day right and then they said oh it's when chris told me this and i'm like like what like nobody's saying that right and and that turned into a bit of a, a deal but i think it's just you know, just learn. Let's keep your mind open is the best is the best how I try to approach it. Nothing stays the same. People don't stay the same. There's always a better way of trying to, you know, make it easier for somebody to struggle less, I guess, is where, where I'm always focused on. Yeah. And, and that pertains to every aspect of life. When I was in school doing my accounting diploma, um, I, I had already been doing it for work for years. And I went into those first courses with, I'm going to learn something regardless if I've been doing this forever. And I think if you apply that to motorcycling as well, you're going to end up being a better person for it. So let's get into that a little bit. Like before we talk about people you have taught and have seen how they've grown over the years, what changes have you seen in yourself specifically because of all this training? Well, I think, well, for me, for sure, it's just about, you know, overriding your behaviors, right? Riding and learning to ride a motorcycle, like I'm an Alberta bred boy. So that's flat prairie land world, right? So riding a motorcycle here, as far as the skills of riding a motorcycle, is pretty dead simple. It's really dead simple. There's no real curves. There's flat roads. It's straight. Right. So really, what's, there's not a lot of population other places in the world at all to worry about. You don't you, you don't have like traffic circles. It's all pretty straightforward stuff here. Right. Um, 
So for me, you know, growing up in that environment, as I said, you know, in a previous podcast, I didn't do a lot of solo riding on my own. So I kind of stayed in these zones, in these prairie zones, maybe go to BC a little bit, you know, didn't really go out of Canada too much. And once I started taking courses and going to different places, then you realize just how much you don't know, just how much everything's different. And it can be something so simple as you don't understand what a traffic sign means. And now you're, you're just, you know, you can't seem to, you know, have the bike and the control you want just because your brain is trying to think of something else and now it's overwhelmed, right? So just try to keep that open-minded, I guess, is the, uh, is the thing that I've learned about the most, right? Because uh, you, you can always get better and you get older, you're losing your skills. You're not gaining skills, you're losing it. So you've got to understand, you've got to keep track of, you know, how much you're losing, <laughs> Right. That complacency, the complacency sets in because you think you know it all. That's right. And especially if you teach all the time, there's a lot of A personalities in in the world of instruction. Um, And, you know, it's their way or the highway. And, um, but, you know, I just don't want to be that. I'm just not that type of guy. I'm more center focused, but I also got to be center focused on myself saying, you've got to keep yourself pushing. And I can have, you know, like younger instructors do ride or shift way better than I can shift. And I've been riding before they were born and they just have the knack and they're smooth and they're good. And I can, you know, I've learned you've got to appreciate that. It has nothing to do with, well, because I'm an instructor or a school owner, it has to do with that person's like smooth and perfect. Right. And that's what you should be trying for. doesn't matter who you are. You should just try to keep working on that. And it takes, it takes commitment. Absolutely. And then you, you along like with the other schools that we work with, I know they, they tend to, the students tend to come back and say hi and, and, you know, and talk about experiences and probably come and maybe do advanced courses. Have you seen changes in your students over the years uh, because of training or maybe suggest they should do a little bit more training? Well, I think, the, the biggest problem, and goes to our environment, is that most people won't do advanced courses. They just won't because they got their license, so they took the course, and they really feel they're good enough for whatever they're doing. And as I said, we're a product of our environment, which means if it's really easy to ride here, then what are you going to, what am I going to really learn? That's going to make a big difference, right? And um, maybe I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that in my riding right? Not everybody takes things to, to the same levels and maybe that's great. And maybe they're not even aware of any problem or even think about it until there are in some place where the road curves and they're a little tired and all of a sudden, you know, Oh yeah. I mean, the thing that always gets me, I tell my kids, right. I said, if I ever died on a motorcycle, I said, the last thing anybody better say is I don't understand. He was a good rider. Well, who cares? Obviously I wasn't a good rider. (laughs) That day, I yeah. I didn't survive it, so yeah. I'm not a good rider. And who, how long had I been like that? I don't know. I said, you know, I mean, it's when you become complacent and when you think that, you know, you everything is going to be the same as it was last time, especially on a motorcycle, that's that's the danger you got to keep yourself out of. That's yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I remember one of the... One of the few times I'd been on the nature trail course in just a, by the airport in Missoula, Montana, um, the gentleman that owns that course is part of my inner circle there. And it was 
one of the first times I met him and he's like, oh, there's my girl from the straight roads. You know, he, right. he knew where right. I was from. He knew that, you know, like rusty in the spring and down there. And he ran me through some drills on his course that when I came off and then went to BC a couple weeks later, felt smooth and good again. And, and it like adjusted some behavior, something as simple as your foot placement on your pegs. Right. Right. It, it makes a difference. And if you don't go and like experience these things, how do you grow? Yeah. But if you're stuck in this environment of flat prairie roads, then there's really not much benefit of doing any of that. Yeah. Because you're going straight, right? Yeah. You're going straight all the time. So it's, it is, it, it's tough and it's been tough up here, but of course you can do advanced courses in California because you know, you can, it comes pretty apparent really quick. You scare yourself in a Canyon road or you, you can filter through traffic and you're freaking out about that and you're all, or you're in Europe and you know, same things, the world's really narrow and tight and turning and there's lots of stuff and you're like, Oh, it's all overwhelming. Then you come out to Canada and it's like you're in the middle of nowhere and you're, Point and shoot straight and put your feet up on the highway page and go, oh, I'm a good rider. Mm. <laughs> what would you say to people? <laughs> what would you say to people who think training is overrated? Because I hear that a lot. And you're right. It's the environment. But like, what would you say to them? Go out and live? <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, it's that's a tough, tough one. It, it, it's overrated if you if you, uh, all you want to do is go down to Tim Hortons with a with your bike on on a Saturday. You know, it's how much money do I want to put into training if I really don't use the bike much and I don't get out of this environment? Yeah, you can say okay. Well, maybe it is overrated for you, but also. You know, if you don't have good observation skills and if you're not tracking yourself uh, as you get older and your bounce skills and your vision and where you're looking and you're, you know, you're always on the communication with your buddies or looking at GPS or whatever, you're listening to music 100% of the time, then you can probably guarantee yourself is just increasing your risk of a problem, right? And that can be an easy problem of I'm coming around a little corner by myself and I slide out on some gravel and, I, you know, I ruin my helmet and I put a dent in my tank, nothing crazy, but you can say to yourself, you know, either, oh, well, that was just an odd thing. Or you can say to yourself, man, how long I've been riding along, not really thinking about anything and staying focused on, you know, does somebody run that stop sign or somebody use that yield or am I shoulder checking? That's the thing that gets me the most is the shoulder checking and the stop sign. So those are two big things. I always say to myself, why would you not want to turn your head before you leave a stop sign or before you get to the yield sign or before you leave the traffic lights and people don't do it because they just assume everybody's going to follow the rules and, and you just go, you're just asking for trouble down the road. Right. Yeah. We had a, every day. we had a podcast a couple weeks ago with our friend Cam Hayden from CKUA. His biggest advice was trust no one. Right. Right. You know, and I find that people will, you know, I was thinking about kind of a little bit of this podcast and I was saying, well, what's it like? Like, but it's really people are, you know, creatures of habit and it's really hard to change. It's really hard to change. If I said, Hey, I'm going to give up, you know, smoking or drinking or lose some weight or change what I eat and stuff that I really like to do. It's a very difficult thing to do. 
So if you're riding your motorcycle and then you come to a course and then you say, hey, you know, you're not shoulder check. Oh, yeah, I know I should do that. No, I should do that. Just like I should exercise more. I should do everything else. But all of a sudden, I just, you know, two weeks later, yeah, I kind of learned something like course, but I really didn't. Yeah, because you didn't really want to learn and you don't really see the need in it because you feel that somehow everything is going to remain the way it was. And you're not going to be hit by somebody or you're not going to, you know, miss something, but you're not really paying attention to anything either. Yeah, but, so, but the key change in a person if they're open to the training is learning those behaviors and learning to be aware and not be right. complacent. Yeah. And give themselves challenges because you're going to get distracted no matter what. Like we have this discussion in, in class lots about, you know, distracted drivers and everybody's like, Oh yeah, well, distracted driving is bad. Well, yeah. Okay. So, you know, you just, you're getting your license. I said, you're a distracted driver. And they look at you like, what are you talking about? I said, well, you're distracted. You know, you're still thinking about clutch. You're still thinking about brake. You're still, you know, wondering about the, you know, the speed and trying to look at the, you know, you're trying to get everything going because you're out in the air now. You don't really know what's going on. So you're riding around distracted. And then if you put communication or you don't know where you're going or speed involves or poor mechanical or something else, or your buddy's riding too close, I said, then you're really distracted. It has nothing to do with, you know, the person, you know, eating at the steering wheel, it, it has everything to do with, you know, how much mental capacity your brain is overloaded with. And you've got to understand that, you know, we're all emotional beings because some days are going to be worse than other days. So when I'm trying to do the training stuff and even for my own riding to keep myself from not being distracted is I give myself little, you know, little goals, right? Hey, at this stop sign, I'm going to use rear brake only and this is where I'm going to do it. And there's so much pressure I'm going to do. Get my brain focused on what I'm actually doing instead of just kind of, you know, going through the motions. Absolutely. What do you think is the biggest thing that someone can learn from training? Um, I hope that they learn that they're not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Hopefully. or Hopefully. or all the bad habits they've picked up since they're learned to ride course. Right. Let's right. undo just, those. Yeah, or from their friends, or from their families, or from the environment. For for us, especially from the environment. So when I when I take courses with people and I'm a student, I always say to my this is my check to say, yeah, you're not as good, right? I might not agree with the way they teach, but I can always pick something up. And and I've probably already forgotten something about something. And now that person reminded me or that exercise has reminded me. And it's the same as, you know, we do an instructor ride and we try to focus on our own instructors. Like, okay, let's focus on the stuff. And, and are you actually doing what you're teaching? Or are you just riding you're the way you ride? Right. And then you're justifying it by saying, well, that's why I ride or, or I know better or I know Frank here. Or, I trust Chris. Jesus, man, my second off you, how much do you really going to trust me? And how, you know, have you looked at my bike and have I looked at my bike? And I mean, we all have these little areas in our life, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, we're having a couple of new little courses going and it's just to work on your own skills to make sure that you can be aware where you are and try to just find ways of keeping yourself focused on the riding and just get better. And, and hopefully do it in a fun way because you're not going to be able to practice your, your Canyon riding in Alberta. 
right? Or mountain riding, too easy unless you're going, you know, you can go to Jasper, but there's really not that many, you know, speed zones where you can go other places in the world in curves, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to get very philosophical on that question of what would you say is the biggest thing someone can learn from training, whatever they allow themselves to learn. The biggest thing they can learn from no, training? No, like that. my philosophical answer to that question would be, it would be what they would actually allow themselves to right. learn would be yeah. the biggest thing that they would learn. Because yeah. I think you're right. Like I've been riding a long time now and, and I know I have bad habits. I do. And I, and I know I'm not the, the best rider and people think, well, you do this. So, you know, you, you must. And I said, well, the things I must do is wear my gear all the time or I look like the biggest hypocrite in the world. Right. And, and I make sure that I'm always, always diligent about my gear, but my skills, you know, I, I try and focus on something, like you said, you know, like I only use my back brake at this or whatever. I really, every once in a while will catch myself and go, my feet aren't in the right place on my pegs, or I'm going to try this at this next stop sign and see if that improves something. And, you know, self-learning and self-awareness as well as actual like instructor led training, all of it makes you a better person. Yeah. Yeah. And to try to, and just to try to keep yourself working on it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, it's like losing weight or exercising. It's not easy to change your behavior. We're, we're creatures of routine and, and systems that just automatically do stuff for us. And you've got to really say to yourself, I've got to really focus on this. And when you're not on the motorcycle for six months because of winter, it's even worse. Right. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's why we're trying to. I mean, that's the goal this year when I, when I was talking previously about trying to find, you know, um, work on the instructors and work on the students is try to say, okay, so we know this is exists. People don't really want to take training. They don't see a value, you know, once they get past their license because the environment here is so easy. So what can we do for that? And then how would I know if my, if my skills are going better or worse? So on our next couple of courses we're doing this year, we're doing this slow speed courses, level one, level two. And on level two, then you'll be able to know because well, it'll be on a timing zone. So I'll just, if I can do the exercise smoother and quicker, then my skills going up. So if I know that exercise and then I come back next time or next year or a year or two years even and say, okay, I'm going to do this exercise. I know, and I know what my time was before and now it's worse Then I know my skills are gone the other way. So something simple like that, I'm hoping is, what get people thinking a little bit more about just what they're doing on the motorcycle. Oh, metrics. Metrics are the best way to measure anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it was a weight loss program, we'd have a, we'd have a scale. That's how we would know. Right. Or if you're in a physical activity or doing something, you would feel, well, how much energy, how do I feel? How's, how's my cardiovascular? Right. But on a motorcycle, you go, well, you know, I haven't fallen over today. I didn't die today, so I'm a great rider. (laughs) Life is good. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, you know, Chris, again, you know, you you give up so much time for us to, you know, either collaborate or come on the podcast and talk about things. And we definitely appreciate everything that uh, that you do and TNT as a whole. 
And uh, again, thank you for, for your time on again, another episode. Sure. sure. Always and a pleasure. Sometimes and we'll I do think, it again. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. And if you need me or come on out, we'll be happy to see you. Ooh, we should figure, I should come and visit you. Yeah. Yeah, me, you could you could tell me how bad of a rider I am. It will be awesome. <laughs> no, maybe maybe what we should do, maybe what we should do is put it out to your listeners a little bit and do a little um, level one, level two course for for donation to your cause, and then Ooh. they can come out, and then we'll see. It does two things. One, it gives them an idea how it is or how they are, and it gives me an idea of of how effective I'm if this is really going to be effective for somebody or not. Right. Cause oh. I hate charging for stuff that I want, I want to see a result out of it. I, my time is worth a lot to me. So if, if I'm teaching something and I'm charging somebody for money, I want to make sure it's, it's worthwhile to the person, right? If it's not worthwhile, the person, then I'd rather spend my time doing something else. Absolutely. So, let's figure so I, Let's, let's get offline and see if we can figure something out for this. Summer. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do so, that's something for the spring. And then that's a good time to do these level one and two. And then we'll, uh, yeah, let's do that. That sounds awesome. We can definitely yeah. figure that out. Alrighty. Thank you so much for your time again, Chris. We will uh, let you get back to all the fun that you have and we will see you very soon. On today's mailbag, we have a personal question for me from a young lady who wishes to rename Nameless, not sure why, but I'm not going to ask, out of the Calgary area, asking me, how did I get involved in writing or how did I get into writing? I'm going to guess the question is, as a woman, how did I get into writing? But just in general, we'll do both. It's the same story anyway. Um, I was pretty young growing up in uh, Saskatchewan. We would head out to the farm during harvest or, you know, seeding or just plain visits to my uncle. And he had one of those little itty bitty Hondas with the big fat tires on it. And I would live on that thing. I would hop on it, ride around the farm everywhere. And it just struck a chord. Many, many years later... I, uh, my whole getting into riding wasn't necessarily about riding motorcycles. For me, getting into riding was the community aspect of it. I never fit in a lot growing up. I was bullied a lot growing up. And, uh, when I ended up moving away for university, the first go around, I hooked in with a crowd of people who rode motorcycles it was about the first time I ever felt that I was never being judged, that I was being supported and that I had what was like a sense of family without being my blood family and being involved in that environment, watching the charitable stuff that the community did. I have a deep love for blues music and, and in that group that I was with that all just came together the perfect storm of I love this community I would get on the back of friends motorcycles and I just loved that feeling and then I finally after moving to Edmonton was able to get on my own and to get started in that I took a learn to ride course even though I had minimal experience before that wanted to learn from the people who were 
licensed to do so, to teach. And I got my license back before they did road tests. They just lot tested, hopped on my bike, and you literally have not been able to stop me since. Being on my bike is, uh, as we've heard from other podcast uh, guests and stuff, it's a sense of freedom. It's a sense of where I can get my head straight. It's a sense of belonging. It's a sense of freedom. It's just a passion that I have held deep inside me. The best thing I ever did was ever fall into that first group of riders that I met back in my early, early days in uh, Regina. So I will thank them for that directing me in this path. Um, and it brought me to where I am and that's how I got into writing. Thank you very much for the question. And that is our show for today. To make sure that you don't miss out on any of our upcoming podcasts or listen to previous ones, make sure you click on subscribe or follow wherever you get yours. If there's a topic you think you want us to cover, a guest you think would be great on the show, or maybe just a question for our mailbag segment, let us know. You can connect with us on all the socials, email us at info at ab-amss.org or reach out through the website at ab-amss.org. Always remember to ride smart, ride safe, and think bike. We'll see you out there.